What is the very first thing you would do if you were given a million dollars? Think about it for a moment. You have 10 seconds to come up with your idea and share it with the person next to you. Go. What would you, what's the first thing you would do if you were given a million dollars? Share now. All right, now I got you talking about money. Today, we're talking about money. (laughs) Should churches be talking about money? Well, can I tell you that how we live our life, how we live our life in this world will determine how we'll live for all eternity. Do you believe it? So, so much of our lives are surrounded around money, right? We have bills to pay. We go to work. Why do we go to work? Because we like a paycheck. Some of us feel like it's a calling. Other people are just like, you know what? I need a paycheck. I go to work. But what if I told you that one of the things that we're trying to do at Grace Capital Church is to to help you get ready to meet Jesus face to face. You've heard me say this many times, right? Helping you get ready to meet Jesus face to face because that day will come for all of us. And what I really, really want for you is for Jesus. Every single one in this room, every single one online, every single one in our overflow areas is to hear Jesus say, well done, well done, good and faithful Joe, good and faithful Sue, good and faithful Bill, good and faithful Kathy, put your name in there, good and faithful you. See, he has a mission for us to reach the lost, care for the least, and to train the found. Jesus has told us that so clearly. But we struggle to fulfill the mission that Jesus has called for us because so many of us are overwhelmed and consumed with debt. Debt, that four-letter word that just seems to loom over so many. See, the world did a great job of indebting so many people, really. Think about it. Right now, you have to think about your debt, your car payments, your credit card, your mortgages, your school loans. How much debt do you have? And are you living for your debt? Who owns who? (laughs) Does your money own you? Does your debt own you? Um, Yeah, there actually is a scripture about that. It says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender, Proverbs 22, verse 11. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. So today, I want to help us to remove the shackles a little bit of realizing that it's possible to not live as a slave. Well, we are on this journey, uh, this series called Pathways. Today, I'm really going to be talking about Financial Peace University, really a great way to help you find financial peace and financial freedom by looking at your finances the way the Bible looks at them. Week one, we talked about our marriage group, and we really want you to get plugged into one of these, one of our pathway groups. And we're 
this, it was called Symbus, and it really is, it was saving your marriage before it starts, but then we realized that we all need support in our marriages, so we actually, it's great to save it before it starts, but it's also great to save it while it's going, right? So actually, I said it's saving your marriage because it shows, the reason I say it shows is because the world is looking at our marriages as a reflection of how Jesus loves his church, and how healthy and vibrant our marriages are really is a great reflection uh, of who Jesus is for the church. Week two, we talked about the emotionally healthy relationships and understanding that we all need to learn to grow in emotional health. Um, that's a phenomenal one. Week three, we, last week, we talked about doing what Jesus did, realizing that we can do all the things that Jesus did in the Bible, healings, miracles. But yes, today we're talking about Financial Peace University. So this message is a biblical message, really, though, wetting your appetite to saying, hey, can I take this um, Pathways course? I, I love this quote from Dave Ramsey, who is the one who does FPU. He says, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Is that not true? And then we wonder why it is that we're in debt. So let me just have you picture a conversation you might have with Jesus when you meet him face to face. Oh, Jesus, I work so hard to pay for my bills. My credit card, yes, I made minimum payments every, every month and it kept getting bigger and bigger. Jesus, I even got a second job to pay for my car loan that I could barely afford. I work so hard, but my credit score is good. But I'm exhausted. I'm working so hard, Jesus. I'm so exhausted that when I get home, all I feel like doing is putting on my favorite show or playing my favorite video game. I just need to unwind, Jesus. I just needed to unwind. What would we hear Jesus say in response? Did you help your neighbor? Did you give those in need? Were you generous with your time and money? Did you find freedom? Did you live free that you could respond to the calling that I had for you? I had an abundant life planned for you. But you, yet, you started living to pay your debts. You see, that scenario really makes us realize, are we really free if we have all this debt? See, freedom looks like that we can hear the voice of the Spirit of God and we can respond to what the Spirit of God is saying. How many of you today would be able to say, if God told you that he wanted you to go on a mission field, to leave everything behind and go, would you even be able to do it? Or would we say, I can't. I have too much debt to pay. I have to have my job to pay my debts. See, Jesus talked about money more than anything else except the kingdom of God. Wow. Jesus cares about the topic of money. 11 of his 39 or 40 parables, some would say it's 39, some would say 40, parables talk about money. Jesus' parables. One of every seven verses in the gospel of Luke talk about money. So, money is an important topic. It's on the heart of God. I, I, I like this parable that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 9. It's the parable of the rich young ruler. 
And, um, well, I guess it's not a parable. It's actually the, the account of this rich man coming up to Jesus as a historical account. And he says, what do I need to do to, um, to be saved or find eternal life? And Jesus says, you know, you've got to live out all the commandments. And the rich young ruler goes, yes, I've done all of those. You know, I didn't commit adultery. I didn't bear false witness. I didn't lie. I've honored my mother and father. Um, I should love my neighbor as myself. So basically keeping the uh, Ten Commandments. And then Jesus goes on. It says, if you would be perfect, go and sell what you possess and give to the poor. And you'll have treasure in heaven. Um, And come, follow me. Come, follow me. It goes on to say the rich man went off very sad. And Jesus with his disciples He says, truly, I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. So this is a story, an account of money, but it's actually Jesus not really talking about money. He's talking about a heart condition. And so much of what I'm going to talk about today is, yes, who owns who, right? Who are we enslaved to? But a lot of it has to do with our heart condition. I think Dave's little saying on that is like, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Why did we do that? What were the motivations out of the heart? For the rich young ruler, he was kind of like, hey, I I care about the law, but if you ask me to, to get rid of the things that I'm kind of attached to, that somehow define me, that somehow, see, that man couldn't come follow Jesus. And my desire for all of us is to be so free, to be financially so free and our hearts so free that when Jesus says, come follow me, we say, okay, let's go. Okay, let's go. But, I, but I'm afraid that we have lived too long in a Western world, and we're so trained, right? It's kind of like you can't go to college without getting college loans. You can't, by the way, by the time you turn 18, you're getting all kinds of credit card offers in the mail, right? And they want to just continue to, um, to suck you into this thing. And then they use this thing called uh, credit score, your FICO score. And like somehow this is our measurement of success is, by the way, all that means, a FICO score is really how well you're able to pay your debt. So the better your score just means the better you are paying debt. You still have a lot of debt, but you're pretty good at paying it. But is that what we're living for, the credit score? Are we living for the freedom that Jesus wants for each one of us, that we we aren't living that Proverbs 22, 11, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower That's us. If we have debt, the borrower is a slave to the lender. And Jesus always cared about your freedom, and he wanted to give you an abundant life. Um, I think this is another interesting... I was talking to Audra about this. Audra is one of the co-leaders of FPU, along with uh, Tim and Heather Vaughn. But another interesting thing uh, that Dave Ramsey says, he goes, you know, Jesus doesn't need your money. Uh, If he did, he would take it and then leave a little greasy spot of where you once existed, right? (laughs) When he took your money, I got your money and you're gone. No, he doesn't. If Jesus wanted your money, he could just take your money like that. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. 
And that's the reason why Jesus talks so much about money, because money is so a part of our life. But I think that's also why he says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also, from Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. He cares about our heart. He cares about your freedom. He cares about your peace. The interesting thing about Jesus, if you look through all of Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, he's always bringing people to a place of greater freedom and a a place of peace. Children of Israel, uh, we remember them. They got sold into captivity into Egypt, and that was actually through their uh, disobedience, following their own selfishness, their own ways, and that always gets us in trouble. When we follow our own selfishness, our own ways, and we got focused on ourselves and not on God, it puts us into slavery. Here's the children of Israel, now enslaved in Egypt, but God is always wanting to say, I want to bring you out of that slavery. I want to bring you out of that bondage. I want to bring you to a promised land. I want to bring you to a place of prosperity. The interesting thing, though, as he brought them out, he brings them out into the, to the promised land, but what's in the promised land? Giants, walled cities, places that have to be overcome to get the promise. It's the same way with us. When Jesus says, hey, uh, by the way, you've got yourself into these financial bondages, and I want to give you freedom, but it's going to take hard work to overcome those obstacles, those giants, and those things that feel like fortified cities to bring you to a place of a promised land, financial peace, freedom, abundance. See, anyone can charge, right? Anyone can charge. Now we actually just can hold up our credit card onto things. We don't even have to slide them in anywhere. Um, Anyone can charge, but it takes guts to change. It takes guts to change. And, And I believe that God is calling us, not only as a church, by the way, do you realize we only have three years left on this mortgage on this building? Oh, We're trying to live this out as a church community. And so as we are living within our means and as we're paying down these debts, the amount of freedom. Can I I also just share with you what that means? That means it will free up almost $10,000 every single month for ministry. But, But this is the catch the vision. This is what can happen in your life. When you begin to start saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to always have the new car with a car payment, and I'm going to try to, hey, believe me, I know a lot of this stuff is like, I wish I knew this ahead of time. We, we're having our kids listen to uh, Ramsey and go through FPU because we don't want them to have a bunch of college debt. We don't want them to make the mistakes of car loans. Um, but so many of us have had uh, financial, I mean, school, school debt, car loans, mortgages, credit card debts. And it's a process to work through that. It's a process to be disciplined, to overcome the giants, to overcome the fortified cities. But it doesn't change the heart that God has, which is freedom and abundance and peace. So FBU is so packed. Let me just give you a few little thoughts on how, how do you do a debt snowball? How do you get out of debt? 
And it's, pro- it's a reverse thought that we would have, but you'll find out how to do a debt snowball to quickly pay off your debts. We talk about why credit cards are dangerous, the different kinds of insurances, when you should get them, how to save for retirement, how to invest, tips for buying and selling houses or a house, understanding how companies try to manipulate you. After you watch that lesson, you'll be looking at ads a little bit differently. Becoming debt-free so you can live out your God-given purpose of generosity. All of this culminates in the last lesson, which is understanding that God has designed you and me to live with generosity. That's where freedom is. That's where freedom is. So research proves, I love research, and actually I love science. Why? Because it always proves what God already is doing and what God already has put into motion. So now there's all these psychological uh, research um, things that says how, how generosity makes us uh, the happiest, and it's true. Um, science now tells us that the happiest people are uh, the people who give and serve the most. People who give and serve the most. So we're happiest and most fulfilled serving and giving. You want to find all of a sudden your life pops with creativity and your life just blossoms and all of a sudden life just becomes like a beautiful spring morning. You feel the difference, right? (laughs) But imagine living like that all the time. You do that when you start learning the secret of the way God's designed you. We're meant to serve and give generously. I love this quote from Proverbs chapter 11. 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Ah. A generous person will prosper. Anybody want to prosper around here? We want to be generous. And and here's the interesting thing with that. I believe that every single one of you here would say, I want to be generous. But it's really hard to be generous when all you're doing is living paycheck to paycheck. I know. I've been there before. It's not fun. But when he brings us into the promised land and we conquer the giants and we conquer the fortified cities and we realize that we can actually get eliminate debt and we can live debt-free and we can begin to give like nobody else, that that is the abundant life that Jesus has purpose for us. And then when we begin to start hearing the calling on our life, then Jesus says, hey, I want you to go over here. Hey, I want you to serve this way. You actually have time and energy to do it because you're not so consumed with the weight and pressure of just paying your bills. I'd like to close by reading this. This is a text from Tim Vaughn, who is one of our leaders. And he says this. As you know, our team has been awesome and very engaged along the way. He's talking about this uh, last FPU class. Um, One of the biggest takeaways has been the realization of how debt keeps many things from growing in one person's life, from relationships, marriages, the ability to give and closeness to God and Jesus. 
our money actually really impacts our relationship with Jesus. The stories that are shared has allowed us to have an amazing platform for support across the group. It's been great for the people who signed up to realize that our financial situations are very similar and we're all having to work hard to move closer to true financial peace. You're not alone, church. We're in this together and there is hope. There is hope. So as much as I'd like to say, hey, I want you to find peace. I want you to find freedom financially. I do also want to say this. There's ultimately only one way. There's ultimately only one way to financial peace. And that is to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Let me, let me say that again, because I think sometimes when we talk about these pathway groups, like it's somehow it's self-help, right? <laughs> We're just going through a bunch of self-help stuff. Can I tell you, every single one of these is to bring us closer into a relationship with Jesus and doing it the way that Jesus wants us to do it, according to his word. So yes, there is ultimately only way, one way to find financial peace. It's not just taking financial peace, but that's a tool we use but it's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together, and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.